everyone, this is Rob. Just a few small production notes to let everyone know that today's episode, episode 71, is actually the final episode that Tom is on as a co-host. Unfortunately, due to personal reasons, he had to step down after this episode. I want to thank Tom and his wife, uh, Marcella, for all the help that they gave on the show. If it wasn't for them, this probably would never have gotten off the ground. So thank you both for the time and effort that you put in. But do not fret. We still have another 102 episodes, and I will be the sole host for the rest of them. So hope you'll continue to listen, and hope everything's great. Tally-ho! Hello and welcome to episode 71 of The Great Escape, the daily podcast where we take The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. And joining us today from Star Wars Minute is the one, the only Alex Robinson. How are you doing today, Alex? Hello there. Happy to be here. We're incredibly happy to have you. Minute 71, it begins with Roger saying, well, thanks, Hiltz. And it ends with Werner saying, thank you, Herr Hendley. So we just get the last few frames of Roger bringing Hiltzmar to the fold from last week. But then we get more scenes inside Henley and Colin's room, which seems like most of, well, maybe not most, but an awful lot of the important plot happen in and about this room. And we get the continuation of, you know, the previous arc where Henley stole Werner's wallet. And, well, I guess we should start. Henley and Colin are playing chess. And it really appears that Colin is getting his butt kicked in chess. I am no means a chess grandmaster, but sure looks like Colin is struggling. And I don't know if that's because Colin's eyesight is going and he's trying to stare at the board and figure it out. He's just irritated that Henley's beat him four or five times in a row here now. Four or five. I mean, come on. They've been there for, for, for weeks already. It, he's probably beaten him every single day. Well, just tonight. <laughs> I was just talking about tonight's games. <laughs> But I think we should ba- I think we should back up slightly because the 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 minute does start with the tag end the last of last week's uh, scene where you have Roger and Mac finishing their conversation with Hiltz. What I it's 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 only for a few seconds at the beginning of this minute, but you can see that that Roger and Mac give a look to one another, knowing that they've accomplished what they were trying to accomplish. You know, last week we discussed the whole thing about them trying to dance into. <laughs> To, to doing something and, you know, they, they found a way to really push him to the point where he wasn't only willing to do it, he was more than willing to do it. He was up for the challenge. So the, the, the beginning of this minute just gives us that, that look between the two of them where they're like, okay, mission accomplished. We can now, you know, <laughs> we can now continue with the, the regular plan and find a way for us to, to get the information as to what's going on immediately outside of, of the camp in order to to plan ahead as to when we're going to be doing the this breakout. Um, I know it was just a very small part of it, of this minute, but I, I thought it was very significant. It also gives me a chance to discuss uh, Attenborough and McQueen, because <laughs> other than that, uh, the only we only have uh, the other three guys, and so I get a little tiny little snippet of them that I can talk about in my minute. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have a huge amount to say about them, but... Uh, uh, I, um, I recognize Attenborough. The only thing I know him from probably, I guess these days probably everyone knows him from Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
It looks a little uh, different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. But I like that certain actors, you know, they can have a whole, it's, you know, dealing with Star Wars as I do. There's plenty of actors who have had, like, long careers, like Peter Cushing, who now is, you know, pretty much remembered from Star Wars. You know, there's a couple of hardcore horror fans out there who remember him from the Hammer films. But, like, for the rest of eternity, he'll be known as Grand Moff Tarkin. And Attenborough yeah, will be Guinness? known. Guinness What's that? the same thing. Alex Guinness. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Alex so, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's nice to see him in a different thing other than just being the, the, the mastermind of a dinosaur, uh, dinosaur park. He's in mastermind here, too. <laughs> yeah, this is probably – Do you does it work to have him be the same character? Or I guess the, we don't know his fate. I don't know anything because I haven't seen the rest of the movie yet. I'm only watching it a minute at a time, ah. so I don't know what happens to him. But uh, Wait, you seriously haven't seen this movie? <laughs> no, I, I have. I was just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. You know, I, I know that, that people do have guests that, that only watch it when yeah, yeah. it happens. Yeah. Um, just in my so, head, I always like trying to imagine an actors playing the same character for their whole lives and just trying to figure out ways that we can say, "Oh, look, it's the same guy." You know, he returned to the, he returned to uh, America and started a dinosaur farm. But, right, uh, but I mean, you could also look at it from the perspective, you know, in Mike in, in Crichton's original book, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> Attenborough's character character dies. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> so you can always have reincarnations. I guess I guess you can say it's a multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Further, an unreliable narrator. He didn't really die, but the author just said, "Okay, you know what? This is this is what happened." Correct. But uh, no, you you ask a very interesting question. Um, Could it be the same person? No. You know what? I can actually see it. I can because here you have someone who. um, I mean, we we've discussed this in the past. uh, You know, when when you listen to the other minutes, or when when I'm assuming you've already listened to them up until now, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we've discussed the fact that Roger is shown as a character who is quick on his feet. You know, Mm -hmm. he he's he's brought to the camp. He's he's there just a few hours. He's already got a plan. You know, he already knows what he's doing, and he's already got everything set up and stuff like that. So when it comes to being able to put together a plan and think of a great idea and and find a way to actually present that idea. I would, I, I would, I would say that that there is a possibility that you could say that the characters have similarity to them, and that maybe in some some universe they, you know, Roger uh, makes it out of this and 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 ends up, you know, becoming a multimillionaire. Now, here's what I'm going to propose because we know what happens to Roger at the end of the movie. Richard Attenborough. Well, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't know because because spoiler, we we don't see him get shot. That's true. I see. I'm going to go with it's Richard Attenborough. Well, it's Rogers Twitter who, after the events of this movie, has decided I'm going to create dinosaurs and unleash them on South America as revenge for my brother's death by the Nazis. Which makes sense because most of the, you know, they escaped to South America. There you go. I'm going to go one farther and say to go with the Jurassic Park uh, theme, he's a clone of Roger. And uh, the boys from Brazil—they were trying to clone Hitler, so it all all ties together. That's so, right. And instead of cloning Hitler, they cloned Roger. Oh yeah, like switch. It's like a <laughs> yeah. abnormal. They, so all right, they got the wrong. They got the wrong test tube. <laughs> or which makes those Nazi dinosaurs, which is even worse. So. Sheesh. <laughs> Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about that? <laughs> no, that's about it. <laughs> Anything that, about Steve McQueen? 
Uh, you know, I'm not really as familiar with it. I, I can only, uh, this might be the only Steve McQueen movie. Oh, no, I told Bullet. He's in Bullet, correct? Yes. Yes. That's the, I think that's the only he other Steve bullet. McQueen. He, he, he is, is the bullet. titular bullet. <laughs> and I saw the bullet. Those are the only three, uh, Steve McQueen movies I saw. I've seen. So. You've never uh, seen The Magnificent Seven? I've never seen The Magnificent Seven. I've never seen The Getaway. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tom just said the, the Thomas Crown Affair. Wow. Who? Wow. Wow. <laughs> exactly. That's fine. I, I'm not a fan of the Thomas Crown Affair, any, either version of it. Um, Towering Inferno? Oh, I think I might have seen when I was a small child. Okay. So, okay, okay there you go. That's. So, and that one also has O.J. Simpson in it. So, you know, lots of cool. O.J. Simpson gets to burn, burn alive. <laughs> I learned something funny about the Towering Inferno, which is that it was based on two different books. Have you heard this? Yes. It's yes, crazy. The one was called The Tower and one was called The Inferno. And they're like, let's just put your chocolate in my peanut butter and make The Towering Inferno. But anyway, we're getting far and, afield and from the greatest. We don't care. We can, we'll go back. We'll go back. It's, it's, it's always fun going off on tangents. At least I think so. Tom agrees. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that actually, uh, you can go even a step further with if, if uh, The Towering Inferno is, is based on two different books. So one book stars Steve McQueen and one book stars Paul Newman. And that's the reason why they had so much trouble on the set, the two of them together, where they were fighting over... You know which which uh, which of them which one gets gets uh, more lines mm-hmm. and which one uh, gets more screen time and, wow. uh, and all right there you go you see huh. all right now we can get back to the great escape sorry <laughs> great escape <laughs> hey, what's that ah <laughs> uh, yeah so we cut to the inside of Colin and Henley's room and we see him playing chess smoking drinking tea and Werner comes in like a madman and is startled by Colin being in the room, which I'm a little surprised by the scene in that, I mean, Henley says he's a friend and Colin is good, but I'm a little surprised Werner doesn't make any more of an effort to kick Colin out. But why would he? I mean, we've already discussed the fact that the guards are, are not the cream of the crop here. Okay. They're not <laughs> the smartest. I mean, being, being, you know, if, if you've been placed in Zagin, being a ferret, as we've discussed in the past, is is to actually try to uh, find escape attempts and uh, you know look look for look look for things out of uh, that are out of the ordinary. Okay, to give that job to someone like this who easily gets his uh, wallet pickpocketed, and we we don't know exactly how much time has gone since the previous uh, since since he lost his wallet. But my assumption is it's not just five minutes ago. This has been a few days. Right. <laughs> so it makes you wonder. I guess I guess his leave came up and he wanted to go, you know, he was getting ready to leave and, and go to the train. And he says, oh, crap, uh, <laughs> where's my wallet? <laughs> yeah, not uh, the smartest tool in the crayon box. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny that he, he clearly still doesn't trust him. He still doesn't, clearly doesn't trust uh, Donald Plasance's character. I mean, you know, he looks at him. He's like, "Oh no, don't worry about it. He's he's friendly." And then he he goes and he steps like another foot. Like, he can't hear us if we're this far away. He, he like he like moves like a foot and a half farther over, as if that's going to pre- provide them with some kind of level of uh, protection. But, well, uh, but we're we're whispering. We're whispering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when I, so, there's no microphones in the room. <laughs> what I thought was interesting about him moving is. He's moving right in view of the window. 
And when he was in the room earlier, he made a huge deal about how he wasn't supposed to be in the room and he'd get in trouble. And now with he in a pickle, he's moving in direct view of the window, which, yeah, we've already established he's not super smart. But okay, it is nighttime now as opposed to being daytime. The last time it was during daytime, so it was it was probably uh, easier to feel that he was going to be seen at that point. But uh, but you're right. I mean, there's 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 no logic to to the way that he does that. But you know, the the whole scene itself is is done in a very strange way. I mean, first of all, did either of you notice that when when Henley says check to Colin, Colin is startled and nearly spills his tea? Yes. <laughs> no, I did not notice that. Well, he kind of slams it. It's as if it's as if he, he, he wasn't expecting it, you know, based on, based on, you know, maybe, maybe in the past, uh, Colin actually was the chess master. And in this particular case, you know, he just doesn't understand how Henley, uh, you know, was able to, to outwit him, uh, so quickly. And obviously he's, you know, he's, he, he you see that he's not that nervous because he's, he's making his tea. I mean, he, he's got his little, uh, condensed milk there. So you know that, that that that's continuation from that was the first thing I looked for when I saw he was he was drinking tea because you know as he said mm-hmm. a, a while ago or weeks ago uh, from from our standpoint um you know that that drinking tea without milk is uncivilized so you know he's now always made sure that he has his condensed milk but he he seems quite confident that he's pouring the tea and he's you know using the thing and he just like dropped the, the whole thing as soon as uh, as soon as he says check and. <laughs> You know, Henley. Henley is someone we can tell is is overconfident about everything because you know he's a scrounger. That's his job to be. He's he's the con artist here. And when when Wer walks into the room, I, I love how you know he calls Henley her Henley, which you know you'd think that okay, he's he's mm. the guard. He's the one who should be uh, in in the power uh, the, the power position here. But instead, he's referring to him as. Mister, he's not a prisoner. He's this. He's he's uh, referring to him. I, I guess you can somewhat say, either in an equal uh, position between the two of them, or you can even say that he's, you know, because like for instance, if you you if you you go somewhere, you're going to refer to someone as Mister out of out of respect or out of mm-hmm. fear. You know, I'm, uh, I I know when I was a kid, you know, unlike today where where all kids call uh, their friends' parents by their first names. When I was a kid. You know, you refer to your friend's parents as Mr. and Mrs. You know, there was no, you know, there's no informality there. It was very formal and it had, I guess, to do with fear. And it also <laughs> had to do with respect. Combination of both. Today, don't have either of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, I always find it funny when, when, when my kids' uh, friends call me by my first name. And I'm like, uh, you know, on the one hand, I don't want to feel old by by, <laughs> by having them tag on the title of Mr., but... You know, there is the, 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 the you know, you, you, I'm not their friend. I want to be seen in somewhat of a respectful way. Yeah, um, they, so, they should at least treat you with the same respect as a Nazi, a Nazi guard. <laughs> That's no, but I'm saying the Nazi guard is treating, re, treating them with respect. It's oh, treating right. the prisoner. Okay. With, it's the opposite. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> it's yeah, not, yeah, it's not that Henley is treating the guard with respect. Henley yeah. is actually, actually making fun of him the whole time. Um, but I mean, Henley's got Werner by the short hairs here, and Werner knows it. Yeah, he knows Correct. that if it's not here, I'm screwed. Or even if Henley, you know, brings it to Von Luger's office and says, here, I found this in the yard, that's not going to end well for Werner either. No, not at all. Um, but again, he, he can't go much further down from here besides zip to the Russian front, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a pretty big that's, step. That's down. the only direction he's going. He's going. He's going. He's going east. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but no, it's it's just that what <laughs> the the way that that we've discussed this in the past, Alex. You you haven't heard that we you haven't heard this yet. But in the book that this because this is obviously based on a true story, there were a lot of times where the prisoners were able to steal things from visiting electricians and visiting and and they just didn't report it because they were too scared that they would get in trouble you sure. know for that. but but in this case you know he he needs his wallet i mean he he states he states that he has uh you know in his wallet he has his papers his identity card you know basically he's screwed without it there's there's you know he he can't do anything without that so the same prisoners need all of those documents in order to be able to get around germany the same you know with with as much ease if only he knew someone who could fake documents like that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if only he would actually pay attention to what's really going on. <laughs> Look on the other side of the blackboard. You know, when yeah. you know, there's not just a bird on the blackboard. <laughs> there's <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, I was going to say another observation about uh, when um, uh, he takes him aside and he explains about how he lost his wallet and stuff. And meanwhile, Donald Plasance is still over the chessboard. And then once they once they say, "Hey, Donald Plasance," and he looks up like startled, like he wasn't listening to what they were saying. Was was he really not listening to what they were saying, or is he really like was he faking it to try to put the guard at ease, or was he really not listening to what they were saying? Oh, he's he really listening. wrapped up in the chess game. He's listening. I actually I think. think he's. No, I think he's wrapped up in the chess. <laughs> he's he. You can see he's intensely looking at 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 the board, trying to figure out how he got into this position and how he's going to get out of it. He might be, you know, maybe he's able to multitask. I mean, obviously the internet back then, you know, where where all of us have learned to be able to multitask at the same time. But maybe this chessboard was his internet, where he could look at the chessboard and at the same time pay attention to this conversation. I mean, I I love the way that Henley. Just, you know, he says everything in a comical, he's somewhat sympathetic in a comical way. You know, he like turns to to, to Blythe and he basically says, hmm, he lost his wallet. <laughs> Do you know what would happen if, if, if uh, Strachwitz found out? Meaning, you know, it's, it, it, we, can, we can understand the tone because obviously it's meant that way. And obviously because they're speaking in English, the, the German guard, his, his, uh, uh, the way he understands English possibly he won't necessarily understand. They've made fun of at this point. It seems so obvious to Summer's tone that he's being made, that he's being, that they're teasing him. By yeah. us. Yeah. By yeah, us. I guess because so, yeah. because we're, we're native English speakers. You know, here you have someone who's, who's a guard, who again, is not the cream of the crop. Yeah. Okay. So he knows, he knows a little bit of English. He was in the Boy Scouts, as we know. I, I guess at some point he's, you know, he, he, I mean, the, the, the whole movie does this, you know, they'll, they'll be talking down to the Germans. Um, you have it also in Hogan's Heroes. You have it in, in these, you know, any of the, the comedies that, that, or the comic moments dealing with, uh, with Nazis in camps. Uh, they also do that. Even in the Bridge on the River Kwai, there are, there are points where, you know, they're, they're making fun of the, the guards who don't understand that they're being made fun of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, I think that's all just the low, the lesson, the 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 head of this story, you know, that they throw in all this comical aspects throughout the entire uh, movie. Mm-hmm. So the reason I think that Colin's listening to the conversation is he's getting a timeline for when do I need to have 
the first copies of all of these um, forgeries done because Burner needs his wallet back, which means he needs all the paperwork back, so Colin doesn't have access to them anymore. So he's got to have something done and ready to go. So he's going, okay, just in his head he's going, all right, I've got the ID card done. I've got the train ticket done. I don't have whatever finished. Yeah, I need to get that done tonight. That's the last thing. That's got to get done so I can get the wallet back to Henley, who can get it back to Werner. And so that's what he's processing while listening to the conversation. Hmm. Um, that, that's interesting. But, but again, as we stated before, we don't know how much time has passed. And But the assumption is is that enough time has passed that he's already made multiple copies of all of the, those documents because they, they know they have to work fast. As soon as they got the documents – they're aware that, that time is of the essence. They don't know when they're going to, you know, how long they're going to have it to work on. They're not going to sit around on it for a few weeks, especially since they have a whole team. They, they need to make, you know, uh, 250, they, they need to make documents for 200 printers. So they have, they have a large team of forgers. It's not as if Colin's doing it all on his own. He's, he's definitely, you know, in charge. You know, he's the one who makes sure that they all do it right. But, uh, my assumption is that, that at this point he's not even worried about that. You know, he, I think he's thinking to himself, he's saying, uh, I hope Henley remembers that we need a camera. Maybe that's what's going through his mind, you know, with, with, with the right type of shutter. You know? uh, is there any significance to the, like the, uh, do you think the, they, I feel like if this was like a Stanley Kubrick film, the pieces would be in a certain specific order on the chessboard. That would that would be some indication of something. You think that's the case here, or is no? It just, <laughs> it's just uh, it's just pieces put on there. Higgly I think it, I think it's just random. Do you yeah. think it's a real chess game? Like, was it once really set up like a chessboard, and then maybe the actors were sitting around bored waiting for a shot to set up, and they play, or is it just? Uh, Looking at the board, there is nothing that jumps out to me as being inherently illegal about it. Uh huh. But like I said before, I am not a chess expert in any way. So. Yeah. Apparently, neither is Colin. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he could be an expert if Henley's just a grandmaster. There's only so much you can right. do. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. I remember I taught my brother to play chess, and uh, he very quickly learned to beat me repeatedly and consistently. And it, it's been quite a uh, like an adjustment to my ego to realize that my younger brother is actually much better at games than I am. So I know whenever did I make, teach, hmm? did he make you an offer you couldn't refuse. <laughs> Not that it's the wrong show, but yeah. I know when I play him in games, I have like a couple of games before the learning curve kicks in and then he'll start to beat me. So I always enjoy teaching him a new game. And then I, I mean, that just sounds like reasons to buy more games for you, Alex. So every time you have a different one to teach him, you beat him a couple of times. And the next time you move on to yeah, the exactly. Get, get bored with it, move on to another one. Or, or just stop playing with your brother. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> find someone, find someone. To... <laughs> that's the sole criteria. Well, you know, you, you all want to play with someone a little bit better than you to, to sharpen your skills, but, uh, Anywho, that's true. No, I prefer, I prefer to play games with people who are on level playing fields. So this way, you know, there's give and take. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not, you, you don't lose every time, and you don't win every time. 
Yeah, you know, that's true. That's, that's one of the problems I have playing games with my kids. You know, I, I, I want to teach them, you know, good sportsmanship and stuff like that. So so sometimes I have to let them win. And it, it bothers me a little <laughs> bit. But, you know, the the smile on their face when they actually think they beat me is, is, is good enough. <laughs> Do they ever legitimately beat you? Yes, it has happened. Okay. I, again, they've gotten older. So, you know. There, there are games that they now can be, in, and that's fine. Take but, on their old man. <laughs> yeah, but but again, it's the idea that 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 sometimes they win and sometimes I win. It's not, you know, I I, I can't say that there's any games that I play with my kids or that I stop playing with my kids because they constantly beat me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Rob, did you have anything else for this minute? Uh, no, I think I've I've uh, got everything on my notes for this one. Alex, do you have anything for this minute or anything for the movie as a whole you want to get off your chest? Well, I was, uh, while I was doing my uh, little bit of research, I discovered that there is a Great Escape 2. Have you guys yes. seen this? Yes. I have seen I have. parts of it. <laughs> okay. I'm, a, I'm fascinated by unknown sequels to very famous movies like Return to Oz or uh, My Summer <laughs> My summer story, which is the sequel to Christmas Story, and so uh, I'm just I'm, I'd be and also the fact that it was made 25 years later or whatever, um, nearly nearly 30 years later actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it, it was directed by one of the actors in the movie. Oh, and the actors in The Great Escape or one of the actors in The, in the Great, Great Escape. In the Great Escape. No, the actors in The Great Escape. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, that you, must you, added some legitimacy. Um, a little bit. <laughs> First of all, no, it came out in in '88. You're right. It was 25 years later that it uh, it was directed by Judd Taylor, who plays Goff in this movie, oh. who's the third American. <laughs> you know, you have you have uh, Steve McQueen, you have James Gardner, and you have Judd Taylor. He's, he's the other guy. <laughs> he, the he's the other guy. He's he's the guy who holds on to the mitt. You know, he's, <laughs> he's one the of these the mitt. three is not like the others. <laughs> Exactly. So, so the, this was a Great Escape Two was was a made for TV movie uh, that basically tells a similar story. It tells the same story. It's not like a different escape. It's the same escape, but it it it, uh, it is much more true to the real story, and it stars uh, Christopher Judd Hirsch uh, playing investigators trying to figure out, you know, what happened. It's. It, I haven't seen it in years. I, I probably should rewatch it at some point, especially using this, and then I could be a little, little, little more intelligent about what what actually happened in the in this in the sequel. But I, I remember it wasn't that great. It's actually even longer than than this movie. Wow. You know, this this movie's uh, two hours and fifty two minutes. That one's two hours and fifty eight minutes. Oh, they had to make uh, it just slightly more just to uh, to to one up them. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ian McShane Raiders plays Roger. Game. Yeah, well, I love uh, you, McShane. Yeah. So, and Donald Pleasance is also in it. Say, yeah. What do you know? But but he plays, I think, one Germans. Oh, another clone, another uh, <laughs> layer to the cloning story. <laughs> exactly. We, we seem to have gotten a theme here. <laughs> Attack of the clones. That's right. Uh, I don't know. Also, my last question for you guys: uh, It seems like everyone has like a nickname, like you know, the Fixer or the Forger and all that stuff. Have you guys already discussed what your nicknames would be, no. or do you already have nicknames? Oh, that's actually a good question. I I know what my 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 superpower and specialty is, and that's watching movies. The you watcher. Know, the watcher, exactly. You know. Uh, Tom Tom's the uh, the professor. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you make anything out of coconuts and bamboo. <laughs> well, well, no, we already did the cat. We already did the 
members of the Great Escape. So I don't get to be the professor. We've already established. No, I wasn't referring to the professor in in, in Gilgan's Island. I was referring to the fact that you're you know that you're going to be going soon for your doctorate. So you know that that's why I said it. It wasn't meant as a jab. It was. <laughs> what would what would yours be, Alex? <laughs> um, I don't mind. I have no, I have no superpowers that would be useful in an environment like this. So I'd probably play the, uh, the ballast or the like, uh, you know, just <laughs> like the. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a red shirt basically to to mix you to mix universes here. You I'd be there. The okay, okay, you stand in front of me while I'm doing something important. You block. That's what I'd be. I'd be the blocker. I'd be <laughs> and unfortunately. Unfortunately, people can't see that you're. We, we see that you're wearing a red shirt today. I literally um, am wearing a red shirt. That's weird. Oh my gosh! I hope it's not a bad omen for the rest of the day. Uh, uh, just don't don't stand in the way of people digging tunnels. You'll be fine. Okay, I won't go on any missions with anyone more famous than I am. That way, that's ensured that I will stay alive. There you go. Or just go on your own. Actually, that doesn't help either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red shirt. Oh well, he just didn't I'm come screwed. back. <laughs> Change that shirt quickly, quickly. Yep. Well, Alex, was there anything else? Nope. That's. Uh, it made me re- want to revisit this movie. I have not seen it for a long, long time. So okay. uh, uh, I want to watch what? it and then Great Escape Two. What's what's your what's your history with the movie? Uh, I Do you remember my... how old you were when you saw it and. I was probably in my early 20s, which is now uh, very long ago. My parents are both uh, huge. They love World War II uh, types of movies, and my mom has thousands of video cassettes of movies she's taped off the – actually, a slightly amusing story. She she lent me the videotape, and – it was uh, like the last like three minutes get cut off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, nah, nothing, nothing important must happen in those last three minutes. So I eventually had to track track it down. Like I had to go rent it just so I could just watch the last the last uh, bit of the film. And that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I mean, they, I guess it's too bad that they didn't have a longer credit, uh, you know, sequence that would have that would have helped you. I mean, <laughs> two minutes, two minute, the last two minutes are credits, so you only missed a minute yeah. worth of. Yeah. For the movie, you know. Well, yeah. So I hope it was worth the five bucks going to Blockbuster to get the. Uh... <laughs> it totally was. Those gaffers are undercredited. They need to deserve more more recognition. I feel. <laughs> oh wow, that's great. I mean, uh, it, it's funny how many people, how many of our guests are are familiar with this movie, including including Tom and I, based on the fact that our parents, you know, loved watching uh, World War Two movies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's that got us into it, you know. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, also this was at least for me, and you both are a little bit older than me. You know, this was on Turner Classic Movies at probably once a month. You know, <laughs> and it was just yeah. you know there was those handful of movies that was always on turn on TCM that I don't. Yeah, you just end up seeing them through osmosis because oh, TCM doesn't have commercials. I can sit here and watch this for a while. So I actually yeah. don't know if Turner Classic Movies has commercials now or not, but it's been a while. I don't think they do. I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> it's also, I mean, nowadays with streaming and everything, right. more likely to watch it on the Turner, Turner Classic Movie, you know, through HBO Max or something than you are actually on the channel. At least I am. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I can't remember the last time I watched something with, with commercials. You know, what, what are commercials? 
Sports. <laughs> just that annoying thing that, that, that stops, in the middle of the, stops you in the middle of the movie. Yeah. I say, yeah, the only thing I watch on regular television anymore is sports. So. I'm really surprised TV hasn't gone with um, pop-up things instead of, like, actually stopping the film. That you can now sit through some commercials. I'm surprised they just don't have – I mean, I guess on some shows they do, but I'm surprised, like, all commercials aren't like that now. Just keep the keep the show going, and you're more likely to get people to continue watching it through commercials if it's part of the – anyway, I don't want to give you this. <laughs> no, but, but I know I, I, the truth is I think that, that, that uh, financially it's not worth their while because, you know, when they make a TV show that's 22 minutes or, or 43 minutes, yeah. you know, depending on uh, how long, you know, the, whether it's a half hour or an hour show – uh, they'd have to spend more money to actually write a uh, show as, or a 60-minute show because then it would just be really strange that, you know, you'd, you'd only be watching something for 44 minutes. You know? That's true. You'd have yeah. to schedule, you have to schedule, okay, well, you know, the, this this TV show is on from uh, 9 till 9.44. And, uh, you know. Right, so, yeah. But, well, like you uh, said, though, yeah. who, who sits through commercials these days? So That's right. <laughs> That's right. You just put up a pop-up marker, and that's it. You know, yeah. someone will create a pop-up if 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 someone goes for your idea, someone will create a pop-up for V. Well, Alex, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you. Oh, it was fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, if yes, they I don't am. know. They should know, but if they don't know, if they somehow don't know where you are. I am the co-host of a Star Wars Minute, which is like what you guys are doing, but we do it for Star Wars. Uh, you Wait, what's that? I've never heard of <laughs> you know, Star Wars, it's, uh, well, first of all, it was a period of Civil War. And, um, no, so if you want to hear that, you can uh, find that wherever you find podcasts or go to StarWarsMinute.com and check that out, if you will. It's worth it. It's worth it. Even when they're doing The Last Jedi. Oh. <laughs> Hater's going to hate. Uh, we're going to get No, I'm not now. a hater. I'm, 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 I'm a Star Wars fan through and through. I just don't like it as much as the others. That's yeah, the difference. Well, yeah. I can't. Uh, you know, we all have our. I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to doing The Rise of Skywalker. I'll, 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 I'll say that just because okay. that, that is my least favorite Star Wars thing. Ever, I think so, but anyway. Oh, wow. Even wait a second, more more than the the holiday the holiday special. I would. I think the holiday special is. It's. I knew you guys have fun talking about it, but that's the you know. Well, the holiday the holiday special knows what it is. It knows it's a piece of junk aimed at TV, aimed for TV, and like. But the Rise of Skywalker has pretensions of being the finale of the Star Wars saga, which is like. That's why it's worse than the holiday. But is it worse? Okay, we'll wait two years quote. to hear your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> if I make it through there. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Well, while you're subscribing to Star Wars Minute, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever you use. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at greatescapemxm. And join our Facebook group, The Cooler, or you can just go ahead and check out our website, com. Until tomorrow, tally ho. Tally ho. Tally ho.